We're going to pick things up from last week. First of all, my name is Joe Crummy, one of the leaders here. I'm going to be speaking this morning. And so once again, a welcome to all of you to Christ Central Church here in Fredericton. And I know we have lots of uh, people as guests and people here for the first time. So great to have you here. And this morning we're going to open up God's Word. And as we begin, I just have to do a bit of a survey. And you can be honest with me. This is me following up from the homework I gave you last week. So if you missed last week, you can listen to it online, and you too can get to do the homework um, this week, and I'm going to give you a little bit more to do at the end as well. So if you're able, and hopefully I'm taking a risk on this one, but I'm going to put up my own hand, so at least I know there will be one hand of someone who did this. How many of you prayed this week for God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding? Put them up a little bit higher. Thank you. I got one, two, three. Okay, I'm past my fingers and toes. That's really good. Well done. All right, how many of you prayed that for yourself? I had one of those weeks where I probably have never prayed that any more than I ever have before this week. I mean, how many of you were able to pray it for other people? Well done. Way to be selfless. And uh, how many of you prayed it for our church family this week? Great. And as I said last week, as over the next couple of months, as we are praying for our church family, we're going to come back to this prayer over and over and over again. And a quick review. How many of you remember, as we pray that, and we're going to get to the passage here in a moment from Colossians, that we keep on asking God to fill us with the knowledge of His will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And last week we took it. How does God answer that prayer? I gave you five different ways God answers that prayer. Any helpful? I heard, that's right, one, they all start with the letter C or the letter S. So that's a hint, just to jog your memories here. So I heard one, one was called, and this is the start one, commanding scripture. That we start with God's word. God speaks to us and reveals himself to us and the knowledge of his will through his word. What else? What are some other ways? Council of the saints. Thank you. So God provides people in our lives that we can go to who maybe are a bit more mature, who have been walking with God, who have had a good track record of hearing God's voice that we can go to and we say, help! And we can present some of the things we're trying to work through and God can speak through the counsel of the saints, godly counsel. There's two, a couple more. Circumstantial signs. Thank you, Kelly, in the back row. Thank you for not heckling back there, but giving a good answer. <laughs> Circumstantial signs that God does God things. God opens doors. God gives us divine appointments. God kind of rearranges things that, as Gary said earlier, we can kind of go, is that coincidence? No, I think God's doing stuff, and only God can do that, and that's the answer, and that's how God sometimes reveals his will. God does God things, and we call it circumstantial signs that God works through those things. I think we got what? Two more? Common sense, which we all know isn't very common, is it? And God speaks through common sense, and a lot of the common sense comes from his word and through the counsel of the saints. And sometimes we see that God speaks to us by saying, we need to get our house in order. We need to get a budget. We need to get a plan. We need some of these things that God speaks through in that way. Did we miss one? Compelling spirit. God provides his Holy Spirit. God provides a teacher, a counselor, a comforter, an advocate who is like who, as a Christ follower, lives within us, and he begins to speak and reveal God to us. 
And the Holy Spirit is the one who reveals Jesus to us. He's the one who reveals God's word to us. And the Holy Spirit is in all five of those CSs. And as we said last week, Maybe if you're just learning to hear God's voice, maybe you don't even know that God exists and you're beginning just to even ask these things. God always uses those five CSs to reveal Jesus to us. So it always comes back to Jesus. And that's one of our guides to say, is this God revealing? If it's revealing Jesus to us and drawing us closer to Jesus and Jesus is getting more preeminence in our lives, then that's a good sign that God is speaking to us. All right, my question for you this week on that is, now that we know that we can ask God for his will and it to be revealed to us, we understand more of how God speaks to us. My next question for you before we read the passage today, because it's going to give away the answer, is this. Why do we pray this prayer? Why do we pray, God, show us your will? What's our motivation for asking God that prayer? And I'm going to even give you permission to shout out a couple of answers. I know this is always dangerous, okay? Because it's free reign and you don't know what's coming. But we're saying, God, would you fill me with the knowledge of your will? Why are we asking that? So we can walk in obedience. Save Aunt Georgia. Thank you for keeping us on track, okay? Anything, anyone else? Why do we pray that prayer? For God to be glorified. Marley, you got point number one already, all right? So I'm going to reveal, and this tells you how off I am sometimes, okay? I'm going to give you some reasons why sometimes I pray that prayer, and it's ugly, okay? But here's sometimes the reason why I pray that prayer, and what my motivation is, and sometimes if I'm honest with what my expectation is, is honestly, sometimes I'm wishing and I'm hoping and I'm expecting that when I pray, God, would you fill me with the knowledge of your will, and God answers this, this is what I'm selfishly hoping sometimes. That if God answers that prayer, and I know what God's will is, this is what I'm hoping, that I will be right. <laughs> Barb, I didn't even have that down. How dare you say that? <laughs> Someone has something else. I was going to say this, but it answers that one as well. I'm hoping that I'll be happy which kind of equals being right. And I hope that I'm going to be comfortable. And I hope that it's going to be smooth sailing. And I hope that I can follow the yellow brick road and live happily ever after. And that if I know God's will, then I will be safe and I'll be secure in a lot of worldly ways and that I'll be taken care of and that I won't have any more problems in this world. I always liked that Barb. I knew that she and I had a lot in common. <laughs> but sometimes if I'm, if I'm brutally honest and I search my motivation for saying, God, would you show me the knowledge of your will? A lot of the times it creeps in that if I just knew the knowledge of your will and I was obedient, which George was saying, which is true, and even sometimes I can think glorifying God is I'm going to have a comfortable easy, happy life. Whew. And today, as we read the scripture, Paul 
kind of answers. So in this one passage of Scripture we're going to read, Colossians 1, 9 to 14, Paul kind of gives three different things in his prayer, and then he answers why we want these prayers to come true. And it's not for us to be happy, comfortable, secure, safe in a worldly way. So guys, if we can read this passage, if we have it up there, and I put them hard work today, because last week I have memorized the NIV 1984 edition, and last week we had the, ni the 2011 NIV, and it totally messed me up, okay? So I'm trying to go by memory, so I think we've got the 84 version. They're both good, but this is what I have memorized in my head. So let's take a look at it. Paul says this, for this reason, since the day we've heard about you, so he's speaking about the church in Colossae, and we're applying it to ourselves here today, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Go back online, listen to that from our website this week if you missed it. And we pray this, so this is the answer. In order that you may live a comfortable, happy life. No, he says this. And we pray this, in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. So you think, okay, now he's going to give us another prayer. Keep going. He says this, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience. We're going to come back to that one. And joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son who he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins, which summarizes really the songs that we were singing about this morning. So let's take a look at these sort of three prayers, and we're going to look at just three quick points, and Marley, you got the first one, is this. Why are we praying to know God's will? Is it to be happy, rich, and famous? No. As a Christ follower and as his church, our goal and joy is to glorify God. And Paul breaks that down, because we even sang it this morning, and everything be glorified. We're, we're singing these things, but sometimes it's hard to kind of break down, and sometimes it can sound so cliche, but it isn't. It's the truth, but Paul breaks down. What does it mean to glorify God? And he gives us a few things in this prayer. To glorify God, one part of it is this, that we may live a life worthy of the Lord. That's one of his answers. Why are we praying, God, I want to know your will. Why do we want to know God's will? So we can glorify God. What does that look like? That we may live a life worthy of the Lord, individually and together as a church family. We want to live like Jesus, our leader, lived. And that Jesus, Son of God, loved by the Father, enjoyed and obeyed his Father. So that takes George's answer and Marley's answer, put them right together. Well done. We want to live a life that gives worth to Jesus, that is dedicated to Jesus, and this involves both obedience, and sometimes we do obedience even though we don't like it, but we hope it's not always that way, because we want our heart to be involved as well, that we want to live a life devoted to God, that we want to live a life worthy of the Lord, and Jesus is the means to that, and he's the model. Jesus provides the means. He gives us his Holy Spirit to work in us, and the Bible is not about us being self-sufficient and being our own self-made woman or man, but it's this. We receive help from the Holy Spirit to walk out a life that is worthy 
of the Lord. And Jesus is the model. And if we look at Jesus' life, we see this. Jesus was obedient to his father. We see that even as a young kid. He was all about his father's business. He was all about his father's work. And we see this before Jesus did any ministry, before he did anything publicly, private. We see this. Jesus received the Holy Spirit at his baptism. And the father spoke to him and said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And folks, this is a key thing because sometimes this can be like a motivational speaker, okay? You need to be more like Jesus. You need to live your life like Jesus. And that can actually be like a burden. And it's like, well, I'm not, I'm not Jesus, so I, I'm out. <laughs> you know, I tap out right at the beginning. This is not a motivational talk. This is, we want to live a life worthy of the Lord, but God doesn't just leave us on his own to try to live up and aspire to something that's unattainable. No, we're in Christ. And at Jesus' baptism, before he did anything for God, the Father spoke a blessing. This is my son, whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. Jesus, are, God, are you, are you pleased with all the miracles and everything Jesus did? He hadn't done any yet. Are you pleased with all? He, he hasn't done anything yet. My son, whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. And the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus, and Jesus then lived out in the power of the Holy Spirit what God had called him to do. Folks, please don't misunderstand when I say glorify God means you got to, in your own energy and in your own power and in your own striving, I got to please God. And oh man, it's a burden. I got to please God. And I wonder what's going to please God. And we can do it out of fear and we can do it at a, and it's, it becomes a burden. Everything kind of the opposite of what we came through worship. If you're a Christ follower, this is the good news. The Father loves you because you're in Jesus. And with you, he is well pleased before you do anything. It's settled. He loves you. You're accepted. You're chosen. You're adopted. He lavishes his love upon you. And from that foundation of being, I'm loved, ah, the burden's off. Then, I can obey God because I want to obey God and I want to please God. That's what Paul's saying to glorify God. And Jesus is the means and the model for us to do this. He says this, that we may please God in every way. So from that foundation, we're accepted and secure in Christ. Then we want to please our Father in every way. And I looked up the Greek in every way. You know what it means? in every way. <laughs> Words, deeds, actions, motives, thoughts, our heart issues, so the internal stuff that maybe even no one knows about, we want to please God in every way. In the external things, in our actions, in our outward things, we want to please God in every way. Our goal is to glorify God by pleasing God with the whole of our lives 24-7. And folks, we could spend all day to say, what, what is every way in your life? And we can look at relationships. We can look at finances. We can look at the choices that we make, what we value, what we prioritize, all these different things. Paul's saying, I'm praying that you would be filled with the knowledge of God's will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you may live a life 
worthy of the Lord and that you may please God in every way. So our motivation to know God's will is to please God in every way. Paul says this, bearing fruit in every good work, at home, in our workplace, in school, in church, in sports, in life, wherever we are. You know this, when you put your faith and hope in Jesus Christ and you become a follower of Jesus Christ, the Bible says this, God has in store for you, God has planned for you good works for you to live out to honor God. Not good works to get to God, good works because you're secure in God to live out that are going to glorify God. Isn't that exciting? Don't you know? God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for every single person in here. And it's going to look different for all of us. But God has good works in store for every single one of us. And that's true for us individually, and that's true for us as churches together. We get to be, and Jesus used this parable, and he said this, or used this illustration. He says, He is the vine. We are the branches. If we abide, if we remain in Christ, we will bear fruit. Not only will we bear fruit, we will bear fruit that lasts for eternity. So folks, through the words that we say, through our actions, through our attitudes, through our values, through everything that gets lived out in everyday life, we are part of bringing the love and the truth and the message of God everywhere we go. So whether you know it or not, you're a farmer. You didn't know that, did you? <laughs> there are a few here that are farmers. There are a few here that are good farmers. And there's a few of us who just go like, I don't know how they do it because I'm not a farmer. <laughs> we're all farmers because Jesus said this, and he gave this illustration. He said, we're all like sowers. We're all like farmers who have seed, and we are throwing out the seed. We're, planting, we're throwing seed out everywhere we go. And that seed is this good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you're a Christ follower, everywhere we go, we are living out by our words and we're, we're, we're depositing seed everywhere we go. So you're a farmer, whether you know it or not. And Jesus, in that story, says that the seed fell on different types of soil. And we know it. Some are rocky and some come and try to steal the seed and worries choke out the seed and all these different things. But Jesus says this, for the seed that finds good soil it produces a harvest and it multiplies 30, 60, even 100 fold. And Paul's saying, we're praying that we would know the knowledge of God's will. We live a life worthy of the Lord. We please God in everywhere and that we would bear fruit in every good work. So you see how we can pray this prayer? So we can pray this prayer for Keith and Sue and all our crew at the drop-in on Monday nights. We pray they would know the knowledge of God's will and that they would bear fruit in every good work. So what do you mean every good work? Every cup of coffee, every handshake, every hug, every conversation. All of those things, we're praying that that's sowing the seed of God's love and God's truth and that would bear fruit. And you can go through every aspect of our church life. We can talk about kids church, we can talk about kids club, we can talk about our youth group, we can talk about everything in our life groups. We can talk about all of you in everyday life, whether you're at home, whether you're in your workplace, at school, every day, whether we know it or not, we are sowing seed and we pray that it would bear fruit for God. And folks, this is eternal things.
eternal things. And I was so encouraged. Terry this morning, Shane, you guys, we got a lot of history. God is bearing fruit in and through you guys from a long time ago. Does my heart good this morning? That's because these guys were in our prayers for a long time. They still are. And we pray that they would know the knowledge of God's will, that they would bear fruit in every good work. We just had, I was thinking of this, so I'm just going to say it, I'll, I'll try to get through it. And so Kelly and Phil are here, and I just think of Kelly's parents, Pete and Donna Chalmers. And Pete passed away a couple years ago, and Donna just a few weeks ago. And I was just reflecting on their lives, and I, I thought of them going through this passage. And I thought of Pete, who was a pilot, worked hard, you know, and there's, as he would say if he was here today, there's prestige and all kinds of things that come with that and all kinds of perks, all kinds of pitfalls. And many years ago, the seed of this gospel of Jesus Christ found good soil. And Pete became a Christian and Donna and family. And we can say today, over the next 20-some years, Pete and Donna bore fruit for Jesus Christ because things changed. Pete was changed from the inside out, and God changed his heart, and Donna's as well. They changed their priorities. They became aware of God's will. That prayer was answered. Okay, we're not about ourselves. We're about God's will and to glorify God. And they became servants, and over 20 years, they pleased God by bearing fruit, by serving and loving and caring and giving of themselves. And heaven is a different place because of it because God used them to bear fruit for God. Hallelujah. Eternal things. So one way we answer the why of why are we praying for God to fill us with the knowledge of his will, it's to glorify God. It's to live a life worthy of the Lord. It's to please him in every way. It's to bear fruit in every good work. The second thing is this. We get to grow in God. So the answer to this prayer Paul says, we grow in the knowledge of God, and we're going to come to a second part. As we know God's will, we can't help but grow in the knowledge of God, and there's a couple parts to that. We grow in head knowledge, of course. We grow in our knowledge of God, just as we would in any relationship. We learn stuff about, we grow in our knowledge. So many of you here, as we have built relationship, guess what? You get to learn more about each other, and you get to learn and appreciate. And we, same thing happens in our relationship with God. We get to learn about God, and our mind gets transformed. We learn about God's character, his ways, his heart, his will. Hallelujah. We grow in our knowledge, and we grow in our knowledge through even the worship songs that we sing about what God, who God is and what God has done and what God's going to do. We also grow in our knowledge of God through experience. Because of relationship with God, it's not just head knowledge. Through Jesus Christ, with the help of the Holy Spirit, we learn and grow in our experience with God. We learn to trust God. So we get a few things under our belt where we go, okay, God, I'm going to trust you on this. And even though it's a rocky road, we go, wow, God's proven himself faithful. I've grown in my knowledge of God. And you know what it helps us to do? That helps us to go, I'm going to trust him with this as well. And I'm going to trust him with that. And I'm going to trust him with more. And I'm going to become more vulnerable. And as I do that, what am I doing? I am loosening my control on my life 
and I'm not in the driver's seat anymore. That I'm growing in my knowledge of God. It's not just head knowledge, although it is. It's experiential. It's that we grow in the knowledge of God as we trust him and as he proves his faithfulness to us. Bit by bit, we get to be more vulnerable and give more control to God and less control for ourselves. We get to grow in action. So growing in the knowledge of our God leads to action. It affects our habits. Can you imagine? Everyday life. God begins to affect our habits. And folks, habits are a powerful thing. And God begins to change our habits and our choices. We begin to learn and we begin to be aware of more what is right and what is wrong. We might not have known that before, but what is right and what is wrong according to God's word. And the Holy Spirit helps us. And we've said many times before, the Holy Spirit is like a coach. He's like an umpire. He helps us to know when to do something, when not to do something. We get to grow in sharing our story, that we have a story to tell, that this is what life was like before Christ, this is what life is like after Christ, and we're still growing. And hallelujah. Last Sunday, we had someone pray to follow Jesus for the first time, and just hearing even a little bit of the story, and we got to help keep going. But there's a story already, before, after. Hallelujah. We get to grow in action in our praying, in our serving, and for some people, and I got Ollie and Hazel right here, God might call us to move. And God might say, I want you over here. And 10 years ago, Ollie and Hazel, hearing God's voice, moving to Fredericton to help strengthen and establish this church and many others. That's obedience. Guess what? They're growing in their knowledge of God led to action. And that's what God does with us as well. The second part of this prayer and how we grow, man, I really struggled with this one. Verse 11, Paul says, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. And this is where in my heart, I'm like, hallelujah. That was just to wake a few up as well, okay? I want to be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. That sounds awesome. I'm going to say it again. Doesn't that sound awesome? I want to be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. Who wouldn't want to be strengthened with all power according to God's glorious might? And this is all I have in my head. I got the Avengers. And I'm like, I'm Iron Man. I'm everyone. I'm just like, put me in that suit and like fill me and strengthen me with power from on high. Because I can take on the world now. Again, you're getting into my heart a little bit, okay? Probably not the right motives for wanting to be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. But that's how I, that's how sometimes when I pray it, I'm like, God, come and fill me because we want to take on the world. We want to save the world. And sometimes I want to be the hero. So then I go, okay, why are we asking for this in our prayer? And Paul answers it and he says this, so that you may have great endurance and patience. That's not the answer I want. 
I want to be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that I can live a happy, comfortable, easy life. That's, that's sometimes why I pray that prayer. And Paul says, no, you pray that prayer so that you may have great endurance and patience. And I'm not too smart sometimes, but I've got a kind of a foreboding sense that if Paul's asking for that, then guess what? We're going to go through some stuff that's going to require great endurance and patience. Why do I need great endurance and patience? Because as a Christ follower, individually and together as a church, we have the gates of hell trying to prevail against us. And the race marked out for us by Jesus, which is his will, Jesus said, is narrow and hard. And Jesus said such things like, in this world, you're going to have trouble. And Paul talked about there's going to be a lot of suffering regarding the kingdom of God. And folks, we only have to look at our leader, Jesus. And in the Bible, Jesus is described as our leader, our Lord. He's an elder brother. He's like our older brother. He's our master. All kinds of different examples. And we see them in the life of Jesus. Jesus was, for the most part, poor. At times he was hungry. He was tempted by the devil. He was betrayed by his friends. He was shamed by being naked on the cross. He was beaten by his enemies. He was forsaken, and he was killed. That's our follower, or that's who we're following. That's our leader. And we think we're going to live a comfortable, happy, easy life. That's why Paul says, folks, we need to be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might because we need to grow in character. We need to persevere in this life through faith in God's word and promises. We need to resist temptations and believe that God is better, not the alternative that's provided. We need to be patient as we face trials and setbacks and discouragement and suffering even unto death. And the way God set it up, and there's no shortcut, most of the way we grow in God is through suffering, trials, and tribulations. I think I heard one amen back. <laughs> I'm going to say it was an amen. <laughs> Thank you, Debbie. Oh, Debbie, you are here. I knew it should have been you because you've always been preaching this. Mm-hmm. So God wants us to know his will so that we glorify him through the ways we talked about. God wants us to know his will so that we will grow in our relationship with him. And most of the time, that growth comes through trials and tribulations and suffering. Therefore, Paul's saying, I want you to be filled. I want you to be filled with his strength that comes only from him so that you will have great endurance and patience. Third thing, we'll close with this. Paul says in this prayer, I want you to glorify God. That's what I'm asking for you to know as well. I want you to grow in God. And Paul ends it with this. He says, I want you to give thanks to God. The third part of the prayer is this, verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father. So thanksgiving, if we looked at the prayers right from Genesis to Revelation in the whole Bible, giving thanks is an attitude, perspective, action to the Father that's in every prayer. 
text. If you read the Psalms, you can go through. In the prayers, there's this whole attitude and action of giving thanks. We are to be grateful and a thankful people. And Paul said, thankful for what? Well, he spells it out for us. He says, primarily, we're thankful for our salvation by remembering what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. And Paul spells it out for us. He says this, God has qualified you slash us to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. Who doesn't want to share it in inheritance? Count me in. Thank you, Terry, for being honest. Count me in. Now, here's something that we're quite, some of us probably are familiar with. Have you ever not qualified for something? Yep, I see a lot of heads shaking, okay? How did you feel when you didn't qualify for something? It could have been at work, maybe a job, promotion. It could have been in sports or music or an exam. When you did not qualify, how did you feel? Disappointed? Sad, rejected, and sometimes relief. <laughs> Russ, I love your perspective. <laughs> Russ understands the sovereignty of God. <laughs> sometimes we got to be thankful for what we didn't get. Mm -hmm. Paul says this, have you ever been disqualified for something? Have you ever been in something where you were actually disqualified? Man, I just think of all those Olympic athletes, eh? You train your whole life. You train for four years. And then you're at the sprint line, and everybody, the world is watching, and like you're just waiting for the gun to go, and you're just like, you're so, and then boom! Oh, you left too soon. One more chance. Boom! They've got you on camera, that bloody camera. They got it right down to milliseconds, right? You left just like you're disqualified. Whew. Folks, it just rolls off the tongue. We've been qualified. But are we thankful when we realize how unqualified, disqualified we were? And the Bible says this. Spiritually, my heritage and I came from Adam and Eve, in my spiritual genes, I'm disqualified. I'm in the wrong gene pool. I'm disqualified. Adam and Eve sinned. They were separated from God. I'm from their lineage. I'm separated from God. Let alone my own choices disqualify me from God. I put my own chains around my ankles. But the good news of the gospel is this. And Gary said it this morning, we were singing about it. Another person has run the race for us. The great substitute, Jesus Christ, he lived the perfect life that we were unable to do. He fulfilled all of God's laws that we were unable to do. And his qualification is pleasing to God. And both through his perfect righteous life and his sacrificial death, where he paid the penalty and the debt for our sin, if I believe and receive his substitution and his qualifications then get placed on my account. Hallelujah. Therefore, I am saved from sin. I am saved from separation from God. I am saved from the power of sin. I am saved from Satan 
no longer being my leader. I'm safe from death spiritually, and I'm safe from death physically, that I know when this body fails, my spirit is going to be with Jesus. And not only am I saved from those things, I'm saved into a relationship with God that I can call him father. I've been given sonship, a legal term that I'm adopted and brought into the family of God, that now I'm part of his family. I'm a part of a new kingdom. I have a new master. He gives me his Holy Spirit. I've got a glorious future in eternity. And all of that is a gift to us from God in Jesus Christ. And we just have to say, I believe it and I receive it. And I'm thankful for Jesus. Paul saying, we glorify God. We want to grow in God. And Paul says, we want to be thankful. Let me just read this again. In the weight of what Paul's saying. For he has rescued us from the dominion, that's the control influence of darkness, of darkness, and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption. We've been bought back, the forgiveness of sins. Jesus has purchased our salvation. He's provided freedom. That's why we could sing those songs this morning, to come out from under the yoke of slavery to sin and Satan and into God's kingdom of love and forgiveness that then we are partnered with Jesus. So in that passage that Gary's referring to from Matthew, we're weak, we're tired, we're heavy burdened, we come to Jesus. He takes that burden, but then it says, if you can think of two oxen beside each other, he comes and we're yoked to Jesus. We're no longer on our own. We're yoked to Jesus. And Jesus empowers us to live a life that pleases God. Whew. We'll let the weight of that truth sit upon us. All right, in closing, Angela, I want you guys come and get ready, please. In closing, this is my I'll put a Russ Crosby spin. I was going to say homework. I'm going to say this is your invitation to take part this week. Is to take that passage, Colossians 1, 9 to 14, and to pray that this week. And to pray that, again, for yourselves, individually, kind of understanding more of that fuller picture. You can pray that for each other. I would appreciate you prayed that for me this week. Folks, we can pray that for our church, and if you're maybe from a different church here this morning, you can pray that for your church. And I said this last week, that maybe you don't know God, maybe you haven't experienced this encounter with Jesus, you can begin to pray this prayer. And just start with that very first one in verse 9. God, I'm asking you, would you fill me with the knowledge of your will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding? And I said this last week, and I say it again today. God will begin to answer that prayer for you by showing you Jesus. That is first and foremost how God, and he might use some circumstantial signs, he might bring some people into your life, he might show you from God's word as you begin to read it, and all of a sudden his Holy Spirit helps illuminate it. He might hear it through someone else's story. God uses all those different ways 
but he will reveal, because the knowledge of his will is this, for you to know him through Jesus Christ and have a relationship with him and to live a life that glorifies him. All right, why don't you stand if you're able, and we're going to sing a song that really is a prayer, and it's a declaration that we're choosing to live a life with Jesus as the foundation, and that we want to glorify God, we want to grow in God, we want to give thanks to God. So let me just pray. We'll worship, and then we'll give some more instruction. Father, we want to thank you today for your son, Jesus. We want to thank you today that we can out of relationship with him, we have relationship with you, and that we can ask you all the time, Lord, would you fill each person here this morning with the knowledge of your will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And God, we ask that, Lord, that all of us as a church and individually would live a life that's worthy of you, that's pleasing to you, God, that we would bear fruit in every good work. God, that even this morning, God, you would fill us, God, with your spirit, Lord, that we need great endurance and patience. And God, we want to be thankful this morning, God, for what you've done in Jesus in salvation and transferring us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Lord, come and Holy Spirit, do your work even now. Reveal Jesus, we pray in his name. Amen.